You're listening to Live and On Board with Tony Malazzo. Hi, this is Tony Malazzo, and we are live and on board in Marina del Rey, California, on board Bellinote. And my guest today is Steve Michael Freeman. How are you, Steve? I'm uh, doing all right. Doing all right, Tony. Glad to be here. Thanks for coming. Um, it's storming out there. I'm sure you guys can hear that a little bit in the background. We have high winds. Everything's rattling. Um, we're not going to leave the dock today. This keeps happening on this show. The weather just never goes with us. Well, you know, I mean, that's what happens when you, you know, do a show from a boat in, in the marina. And am I looking at the camera? No, there's the no camera. There's no camera. I love that there's no camera. Yeah, this is an audio podcast. I like that it's an audio podcast because you do not want to see my face. That is not something you want to say. I, I, as an addendum, though, I should point out that I go by Steve Freeman, the Michael part, although it's a fine middle name. I usually don't go by it. I've thought about doing the whole Steve Michael Freeman, or it would be Stephen Michael Freeman, which sounds much more right. Hollywood. I, I like think. Steve Freeman. Steve Freeman is really the name. It, it, that's what I go by. Steve Freeman, it's a lot of the long E sound there, and it's just pleasing pleasing to hear. You know, I, I love my name. Not really that much. Well, once we're on your name, we, uh, we probably should uh, start right from the beginning mm -hmm. with your uh, parents and where you're from. And yeah. Well, I am one of the few people who actually born and raised in Los Angeles. I was born and raised in uh, Mar Vista, uh, the part of West L.A. that... Uh, is uh, sort of east of Venice, uh, north or rather south east of Santa Monica, north west of Culver City. Right, and um, that's very rare being a native. There's not too many natives. Well, yeah, there aren't too many natives who are who are in the business. There are a lot of natives, but they usually uh, end up not being in the business. L.A. is where people come from all over the country. Dare I say, all over the world to recreate themselves, reinvent themselves to sort of justify their social ineptitude, I think. And, um, you know, it's the melting pot for the insecure, really. I right. think it's what, what Basically, all the misfits that are thrown out of their family come here. Yeah, like yourself. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> um, yeah. And, no, it's, it's a fine, it was a fine place to grow up uh, when I did uh, many, many, many moons ago. I think they called it the 70s. Um, although, hmm. if you could see my face, you'd see I don't look a day o older than... Um, 29. 29. Right. Um, <laughs> my dad actually had a boat, uh, a P-28... Uh, sailboat right here in this marina, right here in Fiji Marina, and we spent a lot of long, boring days, my brother and I, who's 13 months older than me, uh, on the boat, while my dad worked on the boat, and we'd sail around the harbor, sail into, you know, a little bit, uh, you know, on the way to Catalina, we'd fish off the docks here, and I think I caught a rock cod once, a rock cod oh, using mussels, a mussel as bait. Was your dad a racer with a P-28? Yeah, he raced that thing. He raced, uh, he raced to Catalina all the time. And uh, right. I think one time he raced to Honolulu. The boat was called the Honolulu. Oh, great. I don't know what became of it. Good name. And uh, we were members of, uh, my dad was a member of the Pacific Mariners Yacht Club. Right, right, here. right here. Right here, yeah. Yeah, maybe we should even discuss that. I, I met Steve um, at the world-famous comedy store on Sunset Strip. We were doing a uh, show together. Uh, both doing stand-up, and um, he was coming back to Mar Vista. I was coming back to Marina Del Rey, and I asked him for a lift. He gave it to me. Nice guy that he is. 
I don't know if I would have done the same. Some crazy comic getting his car. Well, probably would have left me there. But uh, Steve yeah. gave me a ride back. I said, let me buy you a beer. We go in uh, Pacific Mariner's Yacht Club. And uh, you had a flashback or something there. Yeah, I, I, I mean, there are a few yacht clubs here in the marina. I don't know exactly how many there are, but the name sounded familiar. Uh, you know, we're talking the late 60s, early 70s was the last time I was in that yacht club. So it looked quite different. I know it. It, but it, it looked familiar enough to know that I knew, I knew damn well where I was right. as a kid running, like running back and forth when my dad would have one beer. My dad was never a big beer drinker, but he'd have one beer with his fellow yachtsmen right. as my brother and I ran, you know, and I would listen to the Dodger game on my transistor radio. Uh, and uh, it, it all came back to me. So it was very, uh, it was um, actually... Uh, there was a, a poignant moment because, uh, unfortunately, I lost my dad in uh, 2010 uh, to cancer. He was 82, and he was um, still sailing with a friend on weekends, uh, not his boat. He had to sell his boat many years ago, but he would sail with his, on his friend's boat, um, and uh, he would play golf twice a week. He ran a ham radio net. He was a very active, very lucid man. And it was uh, unfair and unfortunate the way the uh, cancer suddenly showed up and took him in eight months. Right. So uh, it brought back very nice memories of, uh, you know, my dad as a vital sailor in his, uh, in his, my God, what was he, in his early 40s, I guess, when he had the boat. Right. And that was Lee Freeman, correct? His name was Lee Freeman. Yes. Lee Ivan Freeman, whose parents were from Russia, mm. the old country. In fact, I have, both my grandmas are named Ida. A oh, couple okay. of Ida's, yeah, mm. yeah. So you're Russian. I'm what you call a Jew, yeah. uh, a Russian Jew, uh, or otherwise known as an Ashkenazi Jew. Mm-hmm. The Ashkenazi Jews um, are. There was a National Geographic special on us. We um, we're, we're, we are meat eaters, but we will feed occasionally off the foliage in the area, and um, we are sometimes nocturnal. Uh, although. Um, you know, I'm not a religious person. Uh, I don't practice any particular religion. I do am proud of the Jewish heritage. Is, you know, don't like the whole, not happy with the whole Nazi thing. Still a little upset with that. Oh, the, yeah, sure. the, yeah, don't like yeah. the swastika. Sure. You know, but other than that, um, you know, um, I am. I guess I would be sort of a uh, self-hating. Um, uh, self-hating, agnostic, um, proud uh, Ashkenazi Jew. All right. Yeah, and you're obviously Jewish, Malazo. Yeah, sure. Malazo. Yeah, Malazo ways. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I could pass as a Jew. I'm Italian. Italians could always say hey, we hang, and all the Jews always have their token Italian right next to them. You know it, it, exactly. Well, you, the Jews and the Italians are very are, are very similar. And now, by virtue of the fact that you're, and this could be a complete misnomer on my part. <laughs> But, Tony, by virtue of the fact that your name ends with an O, does one then assume that you are a Southern Italian, mm-hmm. Sicilian, perhaps? Southern Italian. Southern Italian, yes, yes. Interesting. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a little bit dark, so, uh, yeah, I'd say Sicily. Yeah. yeah. Because I'll tell you something, it's, you know, I got to tell you, I've worked for a lot of people, you know, it's always nice if you could, you know, just make a couple calls and kind of get things taken care of, you know what I'm saying? That's right. Um, the certain people, I'd just like to be able to make a couple calls, and but uh, I don't have that resource, so. I'm actually from Milazzo. So my last name is actually a uh, port. 
Well, there you go. Right hence, yeah. hence yeah. your affinity for uh, the sea. The sea. Yeah. 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 And uh, that's how I came up with the show. Well, I've been on board. I have a passion for the sea and a passion for great talent. And uh, Steve is a very talented guy. So well, thank you very much. I, you know, let's talk about the talent. Let's talk about uh, what he does. We haven't mentioned that yet. Didn't mention it on the opening of the show. But uh, Steve is a writer. Besides uh, being a comic and out testing his material and what he writes. And uh, I guess we'll let you tell everybody uh, some of your favorite things or what you're proud of mm -hmm. uh, in your writing. Well, that's, that's a pretty good question. Um, I'm proud of the paycheck that I get, uh, for the most part, <laughs> every week. Um, that's always good. Currently, I write on a Disney sitcom, and it, one of the things that's great about writing for kids is it's just uh, the kids go, they just go apeshit crazy nuts. And... Um, they are so happy to be there. They love the show so much. It's a, it's a Disney sitcom that's doing very well, and we're about to go into our third season. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of gratification. It's different than writing for adults. Um, the humor, of course, is, is somewhat, uh, you know, has to be kid-friendly. You can't say the word, for instance, you can't say the word allergy in a script. Really? You cannot use the word allergy because you don't want to bring up. A lot of kids have allergies. They're sensitive about it. So mm. S and P is pretty, pretty insane. Right. Um, you well, know. Is it alright to mention the name of the show? Yeah, the, I, I, I'm sure it is. Uh, the show is called Austin and Alley. Right. And we're entering into our third season, and uh, our ratings are very, are, are excellent. We're doing very well on the network, um, and uh, the kids, the four kids that uh, I write for. Um, are brilliant kids and they're also great kids and that's really the important part um, they have great parents and so far so good there's no uh, loss of humility there are no big heads they're just handling it really really well right. um, how, how many episodes this show's been on for a couple seasons well first uh, season I think we had 18 and the second season uh, 26 hopefully we'll get 26 in the third season mm -hmm. and um the uh, the other writers are very talented. Um, we work really hard, and uh, it's 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 been a nice run. And hopefully, we can last, you know, third season, maybe even a fourth. Uh, we're not sure really. You know, Disney tends to do about three seasons on successful shows. Sometimes they'll do four. So we'll see what happens. Okay. Well, good luck with that. We we all know the uh, steady paycheck as a creative and an artist is uh, right. Is key getting paid for your work? Um, also, writing. Uh, you wrote for Ferguson for a little while, didn't you? For no, the I was late, up. Late, late show I was up for the. Show? I was up for the Ferguson show, uh, which is why I do stand-up comedy. Why I started doing stand-up, uh -huh. because I'd worked in a lot of writers' rooms, in Comedy Central, and for FX, where there were just a lot of stand-up comics, uh -huh. and uh, executives from networks would come and and see these comics and basically you know give them writing jobs uh maybe they didn't even have a good spec sitcom to to submit maybe they weren't even primarily writers but because they knew they wrote their own material and they were funny um they you know they would hire these guys and um you know so i never really wanted to go on tour i never really wanted to work per se as a stand-up comic but i did want to continue to get writing work i thought that would be it would serve two purposes. One, it would uh, continue to hone my comedy writing skills, and number two, uh, someone would see me and maybe I'd be up for a job. And so, yeah, I was, 
up for Craig Ferguson for a short period of time. I think they were going to either hire another writer or take a trip to um, to Europe. And uh, that season, Craig Ferguson went to Europe. Mm-hmm. I remember. That. Yeah, but uh, you know, it's it's uh, it would have been a good gig. Uh, I've done a lot of work for Comedy Central, Spike. I used to write on a animated sitcom that very few people remember called Stripperella, which was Pamela Anderson as an animated uh, stripper slash superhero secret agent. Mm. And it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun to write. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, I've, I'm, I'm very diverse. I, could, I feel like I could write pretty much anything except uh, maybe our drama, not really, like an hour cop drama. I don't, think, I don't see myself doing our cop dramas anytime soon. You know, unless someone said, "Hey, you want this job on this network hour cop drama?" and I'd probably take it because it pays well. Right. I'm in it for the money, Tony. <laughs> oh yeah, aren't we all? I'm kidding. I <laughs> love what I do, and I do have you know uh, pieces that are that I'm passionate about. There are a couple pilots uh, that, when I'm able to, I'm going to try to to push and uh, yeah, work on a couple possible films right now. One of them is a, a comedy about bodybuilders. Um, so we're hoping that we can get that off the ground. And, uh, you know, so hopefully the idea in this business is to keep working and to keep selling. And if you can do that, you'll, you'll, you'll do pretty well. You have to be kind of thick skinned though, as most people will tell you. Yes. Um, so what's your favorite stuff to write of, of all your uh, projects that you're writing? What's your favorite stuff? It's still comedy? Oh, yeah, it's definitely, it's, it's comedy. It's not necessarily, I, I, you know, I, it's, it's a word that's frowned upon, but I do like dramedy. I do like that kind of dark mm. comedy. Uh, you know, I like a lot of the British uh, comedies that are on HBO. I loved Extras with Ricky Gervais. I love Episodes. Uh, I like the original Office uh, and the um, our, the American version of the Office, and then some of the BBC sitcoms that no one's ever heard of, like Black Books, which I s- recommend everybody Netflix. Uh, oh. The three seasons of Black Black Books was a multicam sitcom. Uh, it was about a, a a drunk guy who owned a uh, used a new uh, a bookstore in uh, I believe in London, and um, it was a broad comedy, but it was brilliant. Um, so I have a lot of different influences, uh, but uh, it's not just TV, it's film also. Uh, my company is called Another Shrubbery Productions, based on <laughs> a scene from Monty Python and the Holy Grail, which is my favorite film of all time. Mm-hmm. Monty Python, wow. Yeah, good stuff. I, I grew up on Monty Python, that's some funny stuff. Yeah, well, some of it's silly, some of it, you know... Some of it is uh, what they call evergreen. It, it's it's funny forever, and some of it, you know, uh, maybe doesn't hold up as well now. But uh, they were brilliant, and uh, they were heroes heroes of mine. Um, what what else? Uh, early TV stuff from a kid that inspired you, influenced you, and. Uh made you say, hey, this is what I'm going to do, you know, what I want to do. Well, you know, strangely enough, I think the reason I'm in a creative field, and it, it's not even, you know, my humor is a lot more edgy than this, but the reason I think I'm in a creative field is because I was a huge fan of uh, Peanuts, the comic strip, mm-hmm. and Charles Schultz. I felt that when I was a kid growing up and uh, reading Peanuts, and sometimes, you know, the household was a little tumultuous, so it was an escape for me, and... Uh, 
Um, there was something just very relatable for me and the Peanuts characters and Charles Schultz's understanding of the human condition uh, through his characters, through kids. And um, I wanted to draw. I, I drew pretty well, and I wanted to, at, well, as a young age, at a young age, to be a cartoonist like Charles Schultz. Have my own comic strip. Eventually, that switched over to uh, to writing, to creative writing, and eventually comedy writing. Uh, but uh, I will have always been, and will always be, a fan of the comic strip, particularly uh, Peanuts. Yeah. Uh, as far as TV and film is concerned, I loved the. Um, the early broad uh, anarchical comedies like Green Acres. A lot of people don't realize how strange Green Acres was, how they would incorporate the actual credits of the show into the show itself. Right. Uh, for instance, uh, Black Background, Oliver's snoring, the couple's in bed, Oliver and Lisa. It says executive producer Paul Henning across the screen, and then suddenly... Oliver, look, there are names in the dark. Lisa, it's three o'clock in the morning. Executive producer Paul Henning. <laughs> it was brilliant to me. I thought breaking the fourth wall like that. Yeah. Um, the uh, the original Dick Van Dyke show, the Andy Griffith show, the five years Don Knotts was on the show, mm -hmm. uh, Mary Tyler Moore and Bob Newhart. These were all influences of mine. Great shows. That was some time. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and then, you know, it's... Um, I actually have a feeling... I, I, I have... A top twenty sitcoms of all time, but they're you know you have to delineate them into network sitcoms versus uh, what you know if it's an HBO sitcom you might want to put that in there, but they could get away with murder compared to what the limitations were for you know for a primetime network sitcom and right. really still are. So I have different categories, but I'm a big fan of the uh, the sit the sitcom both single cam and multi cam, yeah. and uh, of course films like Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Uh, the Mel Brooks films, Young Frankenstein, Blazing Saddles, um, you know, the Zucker Abram Zucker films, that kind of silliness. I loved, um, uh, you know, both Airplanes and Top Secret was brilliant. Um, so these are all influences uh, of, of mine. I'd say my humor is sort of a, an amalgam, if you will. Yeah, very, uh, very similar to mine. Uh, yeah. Mel Brooks and Three's Company and... Uh, just some of the greatest. Yeah, we lived during a great period for comedy. Uh, yeah, I we think. really did. Yeah, I have to agree with that. Um, today, well, we're coming back with the sitcoms a little bit, but uh, you know, all that reality TV for a while they eliminated sitcoms. I think at one point we only had eight sitcoms on the air. Where years ago we would have you know twenty to forty-five sitcoms. <laughs> yeah, the sitcoms making a bit of a comeback and. You know, I'm someone who's optioned reality, worked on reality TV. Anybody who thinks that reality shows don't have writers are mistaken. Yeah, uh, they think they're real. We might be called something else. Uh, but, um, yeah, it's the lowest, uh, you know, common denominator of humankind, and people seem to like that. I think, I think stupid and irresponsible is the new cool uh, as a result par partly due to reality TV not that all reality TV is bad and it's a wide it's a loose term and a very wide genre um, but um, there are some really good sitcoms out right now uh, The Middle Suburgatory uh, The Big Bang Theory is still around uh, Modern Family is in my opinion the best network sitcom and has been for some time it's extremely well written Good show. Great ensemble cast. Um, so uh, both multicam and single cam. 
and then of course there are the uh, the cable re uh, sitcoms like episodes like I'd mentioned uh, Eastbound and Down. I'm not sure if that's still around, but there are and Curb Your Enthusiasm will sure, certainly come back I think for another season. So uh, great show. There are some some great right? some great linear scripted shows around, although Curb I guess is uh, mostly loosely written and improv was my understanding. Now, is there a particular person also that is a writer and maybe even writer comic that uh, has inspired you too? Yeah, you're always inspired, and you know, I, I mean, obviously, those guys from Monty Python, uh, Steve Martin, uh, was a big influence. Um, yeah, very, very much a genius. The, all, uh, you know, the SNL guys that went on to do other things were big influences as well. You know, Chevy Chase, Aykroyd, and Bill Murray. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and then there are the, uh, you know, the Jerry Seinfeld, I think, was a huge influence. I think Seinfeld was the best network sitcom of all time for many reasons. One, uh, it was character-based, not so much scenario-based. Uh, a lot of people will come up to me because, you know, they, 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 and with their pilots, and it's always, the first thing they always talk about when I ask them what it's about is, the scenario. Well, it's about people who do this or this kind of office or that kind of office. And that really doesn't tell me anything because it just tells me what the setting is, not so much who the characters are or what it's really about. And um, so if, if a good character-based sitcom, regardless of the scenario, regardless of what they do for a living, it's always, I think, the way to go. And uh, the scenario is, is, is more or less of a backdrop. Um, but uh, there are a lot of, uh, you know, I think anybody who I've seen over the last 30 years and liked and respected has been an influence. Yeah. yeah and there all, are a lot of those people. It's all about the ensemble cast. I mean, shows like, uh, I used to love Taxi. A lot, a lot of big names came out of that show, too, later. Yeah, Taxi is number three or four in my top 20 of yeah. all time. Um, and it was the ensemble cast. Same yeah. thing with Cheers. Same thing with uh, uh, even Three's Company. I mean, it wasn't. Uh, probably was only about nine of them or eight of them. Right. I, or a show like Taxi is a good example because how much of it was really about driving a taxi versus just a place for these characters to be together and hang out at different hours of the day. Right. Uh, it has one of the probably the top two or three sitcom scenes in the history of sitcom. I, a lot of people who know the show know exactly the scene I'm talking about. It's um, when uh, Jim Ignatowski was taking the driver's test. Christopher Lloyd. Uh, and and uh, Christopher Lloyd and, and was asking um, uh, what, um, what a, a yellow light means. And uh, Tony Danza was, I believe it was Danza, might have been... Uh, the other guy was telling him to slow down, and so he said, what does a yellow light mean? Slow down. What does... Anyway, <laughs> uh, it's, it's one of the greatest scenes, I think, in the history of, of sitcoms, and, and the, the cast was amazing. Uh, cheers. Uh, you know, again, it was a bar. There was a little bit more bartending in Cheers, and there was uh, taxi talk in Taxi, but again... A character-based ensemble cast, brilliant show. David Lloyd was uh, who I waited on back in the day. Uh, was one of the guys behind Cheers, and um, just an amazing show. 
uh, you know, uh, Mary Tyler Moore, uh, Bob Newhart, great ensemble cast. Um, That's key. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Key. The, you know, the setup, the situation, where are they, who are they, and... Uh, Having a, a really good group of actors, ensemble cast. I'm a theater guy, so I come from that. No matter what, it's all about your ensemble right. cast. Right, and, and from a writer's standpoint, I mean, obviously, you know, I'm always gonna, uh, you know, from the, the, the whoever creates the show, if 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 you're creating it with characters in mind, and maybe you might have one or two actors in mind uh, as one of, or more of the leads, um, it really is writing with character in mind, and not so much scenario right. and uh, I think that's a mistake a lot of new writers and young writers make and uh, you know a lot of people are afraid to get up on stage and do stand up as you well know Tony mm -hmm. you hear people go, come up to you and go how do you do that how do you do that mm -hmm. and you know I don't care about that but as far as writing people I watch a lot of TV I see a lot of movies I could do that and it's always about them and what, usually what job they're in. Uh -huh. You know, people uh -huh. come up to me and they'll go, hey, I want you to read this script I'm writing. I go, uh, well, okay, what's, what's it about? And I say, well, it's kind of about me and my life and what I do for a living. I go, oh, okay, um, how far along are you? Say, well, I'm, just, I'm at to the, to the point where I call you. <laughs> so <they're, laughs> they, they write in real time. Um, and uh, it's a strange thing because... Uh, and in no way do I, would I want to sound arrogant. I'm very lucky to be able to do what I do for a living. But, you know, if you want to be a doctor, you got to go to school. you got to study hard. you got to do well. And then you got to get into medical school where you have to study hard and do well. And then you got to do an internship and a residency. You know, but I don't, you know, perform an appendectomy on some random guy and then call up some doctor and go, hey, you want to see how I did? I'm, I'm thinking, I was, you know, <laughs> you can't, you know, so it's just, it's this thing where, that a lot of people feel, uh, you know, they're able to do and some of them are and some of them aren't. Yeah. So, uh, what do you think's uh, next for you? Something you haven't done? Um, any new goals? What do you have in mind? What do you want to do next? Well, yeah, what's next for me probably be unemployment and poverty, but <laughs> if it's not, uh, no, if you never know in this business, uh, you never know. It's a precarious business. That's after every gig, you're yeah. unemployed and poverty. You know? I just want to keep working, man. I just see so okay. Well, yeah, you're, but you're just gonna stay right where you are. You're good. You're fine with the stand-up writing. The stand-up I do is for fun, and then when we're in production, I kind of have to stop doing it because uh, you know we're very rarely out of the writers' room in time for me to get to a gig. Uh, when we start shooting the show, we have pretty late hours. But, you know, I mean, there are a couple, like I said, there are a couple pilots that, um, you know, I would love to sell. Uh, there are, uh, you know, a couple films. I just want to, you know, I just want to keep writing and, and, and eventually get to a point where I'm able to to write pretty much what I want to write and, and have a good shot at, at selling that material. And, you know, I, I have sold a few pilots in the past. Um, they were strong uh but they never they never made it to series in fact only one or two of them have actually been produced uh to pilot form but there were a couple that i really was proud of and yeah. i really cared a lot about and, and strangely enough they were all animated oh there you go yeah okay. yeah so you know one was a feature and two were uh one was a kid's uh 
cartoon and the other was an animated sitcom starring Tommy Lee called The Life and Times of Jimmy Jacks. Oh, okay. That sounds interesting. Yeah. We sold it to Fox. Well, you know I do voiceovers. Yeah. So don't forget me. No, I'll never. Uh, next time I sell anything that needs, I will keep you in mind. Are we going to see you in front of the camera at some point? Are you going to jump up and be like, "I'm an actor now too"? No, I'm not really that kind. Of, you know, I am so. I used to be a good-looking guy, man. I I don't like what I see when I look in the mirror now. I'm so butt ugly now. I just don't think I could be in front of the camera. But well, when you're ugly, you do what I do. And yeah. we're, we're character actors. Yeah, not so much. Not so much. Huh? But um. Oh, that's good. Uh, you know, Less competition. You know, these guys jumping in front of the yeah. camera thinking their actors take me out of work, you know? I used to write on a, on a Nickelodeon sketch comedy show called All That. And uh, it was a very popular show, and they would use the writers to be in sketches a lot because they were cheap. And they won't let you do that at Disney. So I was, I was on TV a lot in the 90s in sketches on uh, All That. Uh, I wrote on a show for FX called uh, The X Show, which was... FX's answer to Comedy Central's The Man Show. Mm. And uh, I appeared as the Marquis de Sade in one, and that was shot live. So that's when I realized I could do stand up because I wasn't nervous at all mm. wearing a, a big giant powdered wig uh, playing the Marquis de Sade, doing one of those fake British for French accents. Oh. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, I, I don't mind being in front of the camera so much, but it's not something I'm I'm pursuing. You know, of course, if somebody offered, remember, I'm all about money. So yeah, yeah. Somebody, yeah. Aren't we all? I've had yeah. two bankruptcies, so in my my you know, in the last twenty years. So yeah, that's pretty yeah, much. Yeah, we don't want a third. Yeah, we don't want that third no, bankruptcy. No. Yeah. Um, this might come from left field, but uh, if you could change something maybe this is too heavy but if you could change something or several things whether it is through your work or on the planet or maybe you have some sort of pet peeve uh, what would you change what would you do just people who turn left when they don't really have to holding up an entire boulevard of of traffic i i think <laughs> Not enough people realize if you turn right and then double back, I mean, it's just going to be so much easier for everybody. On the whole planet. Yeah, on the whole planet. I just don't <laughs> understand why people insist on turning left. And also, gardeners. Gardeners drive really slow. I don't know what it is about having a freaking rake in the back of your truck that makes you drive 15 miles an hour. <laughs> if we can get them off the road or get them into faster vehicles, let them know it's okay, they could drive the speed limit. No, I'm kidding. Um, the, uh, <laughs> I like those. That was different. Yeah. The first person um, to come up with those. I like that. <laughs> you know, also, the people at the gym who wear shoes that are shaped like feet are irritating. I'd like to get rid of those shoes. <laughs> you know, and that's the thing. I mean, those shoes are supposed to be, they're state of the art. You know, they, they, everybody thinks, oh, I'm wearing shoes that are shaped like feet. Look at me. I've got these shoes that are shaped like feet. I'm going to be in great shape. And they think they're better than regular shoes, but if they were better, then wouldn't we all be wearing freaking feet shoes? I mean, wouldn't we be going to weddings and funerals and patent leather feet shoes? I don't yeah. think so. But uh, no, I mean, obviously, there's the there's the obvious answers. You know, you want to get rid of war and hate and and pollution and and um, you know, I I think anything that you can control. Or do, or do you know? I would love to. Writing. Or? I would love to have a positive effect. Through my writing, and 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 I love comedy that has 
uh, subtle messages. And, um, you know, for one pilot that I'm working on, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a dramedy about baseball. I played baseball from the time I was a little kid. I played a little bit at UCLA and played some semi-pro ball, and I still run a wood bat league, te- bat league team in Beverly Hills. Mm. I'm a huge Dodger fan. Um, and this was, this was about, yeah, this, this thing is called Balls. Who knows if we'll ever make it? But it's, uh, it's, it's really about, not so much about the kids as it is about the adults who live vicariously through their kids. It's sort of uh, Desperate Housewives meets uh, Bad News Bears. It's an affluent oh, community. Like it. And um, it really is about a father and a son. And mm. the mother has disappeared. She was in the Betty Ford Clinic where she disappeared. She ran off. And he's got to raise his son by himself. He played minor league ball. He wants to discourage his kid from playing ball because of the disappointment that baseball brought him. But he can't say no, and the kid is going to play. And it, it, it's really about um, how societies deal with people that are different than us, how we can um, uh, improve our relationships uh, on a social level, on a father-son level. And, and um, it has a lot of nice messages to it, And I, 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 in addition to just being, I think, very, very funny, you know, and, and I think if you could kill two birds with one stone in that way, it's probably a bad metaphor uh, and a, certainly a, um, you know, a hackneyed metaphor, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that's, um, and I, and I love good, be, not, I like the storyline. Yeah, well, I, I like it too. And, and, and it, it, it's, it's good material. For children, it, it almost sounds very uh, Disney-esque. Yeah, but it is. It is not for children. It is uh, sort of a you know, AMC styled Showtime, HBO, or or you know, network, hmm. you know, uh, later at night uh, piece. Although, deciding whether something is is a half hour or an hour, it can sometimes be difficult. And I kind of use my management to guide me for that. Um, you know, there, I love, I love drama also. Although I don't write it. I love Mad Men. I think it's one of the greatest shows ever. I get excited every time it's on. Um, you know, I love uh, Boardwalk Empire, <clears throat> The Killing. Uh, there, there are a lot of uh, dramas that I do like. It, you know, but as far as making improvements through writing, it's really just about getting people's mind off the horrible crap that's happening. For example, uh, the blast in the Boston Marathon yesterday, which is just horrific. Right. And the anger and sadness that co-mingle within each and every one of us when we hear about something like that. To be able to make people laugh and get their minds off it for a while and remind them that there are other things out there that are, you know, that can make us happy and, and, and bring a sense of peace or joy is, is really worth the while. And then to get paid for doing something like that, that's icing on the cake. Right. Take people on a little trip, a little bit of adventure. Exactly. Um, shows coming up. Anything coming up? I know we have a show together, <clears throat> uh, Rat Pack Comedy, that I always host. Uh, the show's in Santa Monica, California, at the Promenade, at Westside Comedy Theater, June 2nd. And I know his, Steve is opening up a fantastic show of headliners uh, that night. Any other shows that you, that you want to mention? Uh, yeah, right, right, Tony. I just, uh, right, I just sort of, uh, yeah, yeah, I just felt like talking like this now because, you know, it's just not, it seems like the right way to talk, you know, when you're talking about, sh- you know, shows that are coming up. And uh, lately, 
I've been doing, uh, you know, the comedy store in Hollywood on Thursday oh, night. the comedy right, store. Right, yeah, I think this yeah, Thursday night, in fact. Place. Yeah, it's an all right place, isn't it? Uh, yeah. yeah, I think uh, this Thursday night I'm supposed to be doing uh, Jody Miller's show up in the belly room. Okay. I might go downstairs and do Matt Taylor's show in the main room afterwards. Great. I don't know. Some drop-ins? Yeah, a little bit of drop-in sort of action. And then I've been doing this Cafe Duna on the Melrose near Coanga lately. Yeah. On Friday nights at 8.30, yeah. Yeah, it's been all right. You know, the audiences, sometimes you get great energy. The way I see it is uh, there's two different kinds of audiences, Tony, aren't there? Uh, which two kinds? Well, there's the kind of sort of the obligatory audience. So, yeah, we've got to go see this guy or this bird. You know, they've been trying to get us to come see the comedy for a while. You know, we've got to go there. So we've got to make an appearance. But they're not really there to laugh. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They're sort of like zombies. And it's sort of like getting blood from a rock, you know. And then they're, they're pissed off they're there. Yeah, right. They're not happy to be there. You know. Spending money and yeah, they're then pissed the, off they're spending money. Yeah, and they're then, pissed off there was traffic. They're pissed off it's during the week. They're pissed off they have their day. Right. And then the savvy comics like ourselves make them the butt of our yeah. jokes, don't we? Yeah, and then they're like, your head, make me laugh. Right, make yeah. Laugh. Don't like that. But then there are the young, sort of energetic audiences. Yeah, they're there to see their friends, maybe, you know what I mean? But they're there to laugh, Tony. Mm -hmm. And they love it, and the energy's great, and the room's packed. And So, yeah, the last uh, four times I've done Duna, it's been two of those great audiences, and then two of the not-so-great audiences. Yeah. So what I do with the not-so-great audiences, I just pull down, Tony. I just unbutton. I just let them have it with my urine. <laughs> yeah, and it's... A lot of people don't like that. They frown upon that, but... You hey, know, it sort of wakes people up, doesn't it? Who cares about them anyway? Yeah, and I'm, I'm not... I'm not doing this for them. And I'm not British either. I'm just up on stage doing this for me. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's all, all about me. me. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's narcissism at its finest. At its finest. You know. I'm just up there venting, so I don't have to pay money at the psychologist's office again. I have to do both. Damn, yeah. you're lucky. Get more stage time. Get more stage time, yeah. Get more stage time. Yeah, the thing is, Less like, office time. I rarely <laughs> make my therapist. I've rarely, over the years of therapy, I've rarely made anybody laugh, which is, you know, and I had to go to therapy for that, not oh. being able to make your therapist laugh. They've, <laughs> they've probably funny. quietly that sobbed. That's funny. They've quietly, probably quietly sobbed after I've left the office, <laughs> but not a lot of laughter. Um, <laughs> Maybe the sobbing was due to the fact they realized I would never be able to pay them. I don't know. I'm not sure about IOUs? that. IOUs? Give them IOUs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, funny. Well, well, we we got through the interview without uh, having the boat tear off the dock. The wind's been going the whole time at 35 to 70 mile an hour gusts. I got to tell you, I could have used a little a little drama, man. Here, man, I'm I'm. It's been a while since I've been on a boat, and just the little. I'm. I got to tell you, it's you at know. the dock. He's funny. He's, he's getting seasick <laughs> at the dock. This is how long it's been. And I got, you know, Natalie is missing. Bob. Bob, where's, where's Natalie? Well, Steve, are we going to get you back and get you out on the water maybe on the next show? Oh, yeah, man. That'd be cool. You'll come back? Yeah. 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 You were traumatized by I any am, of this? I'm really not that traumatized. I've just been focusing on... This one bottle, I, I believe, of Tabasco that's sitting in your cabinet. <laughs> just focus on the Tabasco that and the sriracha, the spicy sauces. There that's what go. I do. You know, focusing on the bottle. Yeah, I, I did take one interview acting slash acting class, and they just said focus on the hot sauces that are nearby. 
And so that's what I I'm do. I can remember that. Yeah. I can remember that. Yeah, he's just staring into the galley. We're yeah. actually on board. You're the first interview that's on board my yacht, uh, which is a very old Columbia sailboat, vintage, and uh, called Bellinote. Does that mean it's from Columbia? No. No, oh, not it's, from Columbia. What is Columbia the company the, that Columbia, built it? Yeah, they made they made toilet bowls and uh, airplanes and a, a tub. They made old tubs. And they, which is a bad. And then they made thing. this big tub of a sailboat. So they make boats and tubs. That's yeah. an interesting combination, isn't it? And Bellinote meaning the, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the uh, beautiful uh, north. Beautiful night. The beautiful night beautiful shows night. how very little I know about stuff yeah, in general. I, 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 when I do the crossing to Catalina, mm -hmm. it's always at night. I don't like to burn the daylight. It's always like a lake and it's flat out there. So if you're going to motor anyway and not sail, which you can't really sail to Catalina unless you get past the point. And oh, I didn't realize that. hours in the wrong direction. I didn't realize that. So you're always motoring there. So... Uh, I never like to waste the day. I have my whole day when I get there, so I go at night, and everybody always turns to each other and says, beautiful night, beautiful night. So I must have heard beautiful night 300 times. Oh, you named it. Oh, that's and finally interesting. I just said, uh, this boat's going to be called Beautiful Night. That's and, interesting. Uh, yeah. So but you don't get to night. see at nighttime, you don't get to see the dolphins and... Uh, Oh, no, we had 3,000, 4,000 dolphins escort us the last trip. Oh, wow. Uh, at, in, at the night, so you see them breaking the water, mm. and, you, and then... With the, like, phosphor oh God, or, yeah. with the phosphorescence? Yeah. That, oh, see, oh, wow, I love that stuff. In the waves. Yeah, so wow. Almost every amazing. time I go, I will have at least an hour to two hours of the six-hour trip where I'm being escorted by the dolphins, which now, wait, is really nice. It's a six-hour trip from here to Catalina? Six hours, yeah, by sailboat motoring. Speedboats really? can do an hour and a half. The SS Catalina, how, uh, that 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 boat that takes off from Catalina Fire. Yeah, yeah, they do an hour and a half, and those yeah. are fast speedboats that do twenty right. to thirty knots. Six hours. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. And what do you do when you get to Catalina? It's almost thirty miles. What do you do when you get to Catalina? Yeah, is it really? Yeah. So what do you do when you get there? No joke. Uh, I go to the other side of the island. I'm either at Cat Harbor or at the Isthmus. Two harbors. Uh -huh. I don't go to Avalon. Mm -hmm. Avalon's like, uh, why don't I just take my boat out at Universal City Walk or uh, Third Street Promenade to me, you know? It's uh, loads of restaurants and boutiques mm -hmm. and golf courses, and I'm not right. into that. So I, I go to, to the Isthmus. It is just beautiful. It's uh -huh. like anchoring out at the French Riviera. Oh, wow. Know, cliffs, no houses on them. That sounds nice. All the endangered species. There's wow. one nightclub restaurant, Doug's Reef, that's it. And uh, one dive shop and a lot of hiking and I've heard of Doug Reef, yeah. but six hours motor. So you're like the Mexican gardener of boatsmen of sa sailors. Oh yeah. On you know at oh, night. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Oh yeah. As soon yeah. as you pull out, especially if you have motor pe people who've only yeah. been on motorboats with you, they're like, "Okay, you gonna open it up now?" I'm like, "Open it up. <laughs> this is it. This is it. Six well, knots. That's all you do. Knots. Wow. Sailboat. Six knots." So unless you're, unless you're racing like Steve's dad, uh, yeah. which would be probably maybe eight to ten knots, you can get it up to. So what do you do? Like you leave race. you leave at like eight o'clock at night and get there by two in the morning, or you leave it? You I know? leave at midnight oh, so yeah. that I'm coming up on the island. I feel like Christopher Columbus with the island in front of me, yeah. and I wake everybody up. I stop banging. Come on out. So when do you sleep? And uh, I don't. I do the six hours at the wheel myself. Everybody else nap, and I sleep when I get there for an hour or two. Oh, wow. And I feel great. That's, that's amazing. Uh, I also have this ritual 
Mm-hmm. You need to make a trip to Catalina. All right, okay. Um, I have a ritual where I have breakfast ready. Not breakfast, breakfast. So I always have some Becks. Uh, I, I knew that was coming. ice right by yeah. the helm. When I wake everybody up and the sun's coming up and the yeah. island's in front of me, I yell, breakfast. And we have uh, we we all have a Becks, whether you like it or not, because uh, you have That's to drink one. Yeah, as the captain says. Otherwise, you swim home. All right. Well, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have so, to do this. Yeah, yeah we're gonna do it. Uh, we're all right. gonna do it. Okay. And Steve's gonna come back. Yeah. So uh, I think that's it for today. All right. Well, that was this was fun. Fun. I'm glad I had you. Yeah, I'm glad I you know didn't say a lot of bad words. Uh, maybe a few, but I'm really glad that you know, you know, I feel one coming on. Hang on. All right. No, I got it's. You gonna let it go? Uh, let, this is gonna get a clean rating. Yeah. You know all right. That's okay. good. This is getting a clean rating. Right. Explicit like the last two guys. Uh, all right. Well, that's good. I'm glad. I'm glad. I you know I am a Disney writer after all. Yeah. Yeah. yeah this was very uh, Disney esque. This show. It was clean. <laughs> all right. Well, it's been great having you, Steve. Um, catch him at the Rat Pack show June second, uh, Santa Monica, California, at Westside. Uh, any particular websites or anything they could find you? Just Google you and they could find some stuff somehow? Um, let's see. Maybe the uh, public record for bankruptcy. Um, <laughs> Don't Google them. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm not. Yeah, you know, I'm not a big website guy. I mean, maybe one of these days I'll go out and get, you know, get my own website and, um, right. you know. But, well, you uh, do do shows with me and uh, they could check out uh, Red right. Pack Comedy on Facebook for that June 2nd show. Yeah, and go to... Go to uh, Go YouTube Big Train Jockeys, everybody. Big Train Jockeys. Just trust me. And <laughs> I could just Yeah, imagine. and just equate me with that somehow, yeah. and then that'll be good. Great. All right. All right. Well, thank you very much, Steve Freeman. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening. And you've been live and on board with Tony Malazzo and Steve Freeman. This show has been produced by Tony Malazzo, Alyssa Inferna, and David Ringwald. If you'd like to be on board, check us out on Facebook at Tony Malazzo Entertainer, tweet us at Tony Malazzo Live, or snail mail us at P.O. Box 10074, Marina del Rey, California, 90295.